Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Chad Larson. And I'm Joe Kirk. And we have the distinct pleasure of introducing to you William McNally. But before we dive into who is William McNally and what does he serve, Joe is going to remind us of our professional purpose. Our purpose of this show is to bring service to you, the listener. And what we do is we have amazing guests like William today and share stories and different types of experiences and organizations that you can be part of. And then we obviously think that Rotary is a pretty good thing, do we not? We yep. Can do. I get a hoorah? Hoorah. <laughs> 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 and it's all designed to ultimately um, expose Rotarians and non-Rotarians to service opportunities. Great job, Joseph. Thank you. Clap, clap, clap. Um, so as I had mentioned, we have William McNally, and he is the executive director with Harvest Pack. Now, before we go into what is Harvest Pack, we really like to get to know our um, guests. So let's start off with where did you grow up? Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here, and yeah. good day to everyone. Um, I grew up in California in the North Bay, just north of San Francisco, and okay. lived there all my childhood, and my mom's still in the same home. And from there, moved to Oregon for school, attended college in Oregon for four years, and then moved to Minnesota, and I've been here ever since. So um, several different terrains there. <laughs> I, I oftentimes ask, like we've had clients that have relocated from California or just specific southern states that are warm, and I often go, what are you, like why? Why Minnesota? (laughs) Well, at the time it was easy. I was following my beautiful bride. And so everything made sense. Since then, I've tried to learn to love the winter. And (laughs) the first 15 years, every year I was like, this will be the year. It'll get better. I'll learn to just cope. My skin will thicken. But that did not happen. I yeah. do not here love too. the winter here. <laughs> I'm such a summer person through and through. <laughs> I feel like we make it until about mid-January and we're like, we got this. We got this. And then February, it's like it's game over. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, it's still April and snowing. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or we're rolling into May like we did this year and all of a sudden the temperatures are dipping like, holy moly. Right. What? What's happening? Here? Anyway, Minnesota, we love you. Yes, yes, yes. we truly it's good do. This time all, it's good this time seasons. here. Yeah, for the we two weeks for so. the summers. Um, okay, and so I guess the next question that I have for you is: um, How did you get involved in Rotary? It's it's evident that you are a Rotarian, but how how did that come to fruition for you? Yeah, so I had a really good friend that inspired me to come to a meeting because she was always doing good things around the community and knew that I truly appreciated that as well. So um, I attended a meeting and it was was easy to be hooked. Everyone there was passionate (laughs) about the community and wanting to give back. And before I was even a member, they're already telling me that I could join at Loaves and Fishes or come out and do a cleanup day on the the highway that runs through town. And Mm -hmm. everything just made sense. I was like, I like doing those things. So Count me in. Yeah. And that's cool. where it started. And what club are you part of? I'm part of the Mendota Heights West St. Paul Rotary Club. Very okay. cool. Wonderful. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't catch. How long have you been a Rotarian? So actually May is my anniversary. 
This is um, – I started in 2014. Okay. Ah, yeah. Wonderful. Nine years. Yeah. Very see cool. That? See that math? That was That's good. good. <laughs> <laughs> Mine went to 10, close right. to 10. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wait, two more years and you can't use your fingers anymore. I saw that. <laughs> So um, you are the executive director with Harvest Pack, and so I guess one of the follow-up questions is how did Rotary – like what's the connection between Rotary and Harvest Pack? Sure. So um, when I was – let's see. This was in 2010. I went down to Belize to do some mission work, and – I went the next year as well in 2011, and the friend I had mentioned, Colleen, had actually connected us with the Rotary Club when we went down. I was with some friends and uh, my wife, and we were going to build a school. And the government at the time couldn't afford to build any schools, so they were reaching out to different organizations, and Colleen connected the Rotary Club there. So we went down and helped build uh, computer lab was one of the things we did. And it was amazing. We got all the the students and people from the community that were business owners there and everyone came together and put the school together. Um, and we were just there for about 10 days and we were able to do so much amazing work that would not have happened without the Rotary Club. Love it. Well, tell us how, how did you start <clears throat> Harvest Pack? How, you know, tell us that story. Sure. Okay. So when I was in Belize, actually, the first day I was there, um, I got ready before my wife and our friends did. And so I, was, I walked out in front of the hotel and we got there right before dinner time. So we were going out to eat dinner. And um, a gentleman walked up in front of the hotel and started to open up his trumpet case and was going to be asking for donations. And um, I went up and talked to him. And that's not something I normally do. But um, – I was just feeling like out of place there and I wanted to do different things. And in talking to him, he told me he hadn't eaten yet that day. And that just really hit me hard because there I was about to walk into town and go out to eat anywhere that looked good. And so I gave him a few dollars. And instead of him just saying thank you and continuing on, he started to close his trumpet case right back up again and started walking into town. And at the same time, my wife and our friends came out. So we were following him. And he went to this grocery store that was the size of a closet. Like you could not walk inside. And the owner reached in for him and grabbed a can of beans, a loaf of bread, and a roll of toilet paper. Like just the necessities that I throw in my mm-hmm. cart without even thinking about them so I can go get the other things, the good stuff. And so I went up to him again and I gave him some more money. And he was like, thank you. You're an angel. And I thought, well, I don't know about that. But, <laughs> but if that's what it takes to, to make a difference in someone's life, like I can do this. I got this. Mm -hmm. So fast forward, came back to um, Minnesota and started doing more volunteering and reaching out. And I met um, a business owner here named Richard Proudfit, and he became my mentor. And over the next couple of years, he he encouraged me to start Harvest Pack. And so from there, the the first year, we packaged 50,000 meals, and now Harvest Pack – has packaged over 11 million meals. So, oh, wow. Smokes. 11 million. Yeah. That's quite incredible. Now, do those go specifically to <clears throat> Belize only? So, no. Okay. Um, we have two different meals now. In the beginning, we just had one international meal. But since then, we've 
we've expanded, and um, we saw there's a lot of need here as well. And so we went to some local food shelves and asked them, you know, what what are people coming in for want? And they said they wanted a nutritious breakfast. That was something that was harder to come by. So then we worked with some nutritionists and came up with um, an oatmeal that we now serve, and it's actually the most nutritious oatmeal in the country. So we're very excited about that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Love it. I like oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can I get a nutritious oatmeal too, please? Yes. That'd be great. Um, I I actually want to take um, a step back and have our listeners hear from you, like, what is Harvest Back? Like, what is it? I know we're supposed to dive into that into the next section, but I think it's it's important to like front load this so then we can talk further upon that in these upcoming sections. Sure. So we're a nonprofit. We're Mm -hmm. a 501c3. We have been doing meal packs in 19 states now. Um, Let's see. We go to schools and faith-based organizations and businesses all over the country that are interested in doing good community service projects. And from there, um, we just, we, we explain hunger is solvable, right? Mm-hmm. It's, there's enough food in the world. It just needs to be distributed more evenly. But it will take more of us to, to drive the local and systemic changes that we need from like, individuals, community partners, and policymakers. So I guess together I know that we can ensure our neighbors don't have to choose between paying for rent or utilities or medicine or, or food. Yeah. So together we can we can make a difference. And I think that's what um, <clears throat> we must do to make concrete and tangible actions and changes. And that's what Harvest Pack does. Love it. Yeah. Follow-up questions, guys? So as you, as you grew, started the organization, did you start locally and go internationally or did it kind of go the opposite way? We started internationally. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of people dying of starvation around the world, and um, and we knew we could make a difference. And there's people here that have time, talent, and treasure. So we we appealed to them, and it was it was inspiring to see how many different people were interested in making a difference. And um, we grew from there, and then we just kept hearing the calling too that there's. There are unhoused people here. There are other people that have food insecurities. And um, we wanted to make a difference. There's 53 million people in the United States that are food insecure. So um, so we, we jumped right on and started helping out in local communities too. We have about a minute left here, but I do just want to say that it is awesome that you, you saw this international need, but then there was this like calling to – helping here domestically too. So I want to honor you for that because I think that that's really incredible and just give a, a nice little shout out to well, and I'm sure that we can in the United States too. We can talk a little bit more about the process and systems that you started to create that you probably just translated over locally here. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll do that in the next segment here, but we've got about 25 seconds. Well, thank you so right. much for tuning in to Searching for Service. We'll be back in just a moment. Um, Brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Chad Larson. And I'm Joe Kirk.
Rotary is a place for all community-minded people who want to serve their areas with the support of an international organization. Join Rotary to find service. Join Rotary to find inclusion. Join Rotary to find leadership. Join Rotary to find fun. Join Rotary to find friendship. Join Rotary to find a better version of the world. Find a Rotary Club near you at rotary.org and click on Club Finder. There is a club out there for everyone. Find your fit with Rotary. Rotary.org. For decades, eradicating polio worldwide has been Rotary's cornerstone cause. We are incredibly close to ridding the globe of this virus, but we need everyone's help to get us to the goal. World Polio Day is October 24th. Please consider making a new donation to Polio Plus or increasing your already generous giving. Go to npolio.org to be a part of this historical eradication of polio. You will help get vaccinations to the most remote parts of our world and help fulfill a promise we made to end polio now. Two drops and it stops. Don't miss Leonard Skinner, Darius Rucker, Ario Speedwagon, and Tyler Hubbard at Lakefront Music Fest July 14th and 15th at Lakefront Park in Prior Lake. Leonard Skinner headlines July 14th with Ario Speedwagon and Blackstone Cherry. Darius Rucker headlines July 15th with Tyler Hubbard of Florida Georgia Line and Joe Nichols. Tickets available at lakefrontmusicfest.com. That's lakefrontmusicfest.com. Produced by Prior Lake Rotary. Riverbend Nature Center is a free nonprofit natural habitat in Faribault, Minnesota, with 743 acres, the straight river, and 10 miles of trails. Despite no public funding, it offers educational programs to almost 10,000 youth and families annually. Riverbend seeks your feedback on its new strategic plan at rbnc.org backslash strategic dash planning by March 30th. Thank you for your time. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Chad Larson. And I'm Joe Kirk. And as a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms and... Like, share, review. review. <laughs> Five gold stars. Yeah. <laughs> but you can get us anywhere. <clears throat> if you are tuning in for the first time, we have... With us, uh, William McNally. He is the executive director with Harvest Pack. And I'm going to flip it over to my lovely husband, Joseph Kirk, to start us off. Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, in the last segment, we were talking a little bit about how you went from international to uh, local projects. What type of systems did you create when you diagnosed the need internationally that you then brought to – um, more of the local need was there was there a system that was established that really helped you um, establish it here? Yes, yeah, so when we were shipping internationally, I had some connections um, in the Philippines, and a lot of our food went there and It was great because the system they had in place was um, called Transform, and they teach values, health, and livelihood. so the expectation with <clears throat> our food was that it would go to people who needed it most. And then they'd be off the program. So it wasn't enabling them to stay in a system that wasn't going to progress them to a better end result. And that worked out wonderfully. And so as we moved into a program here within the U.S., we realized pretty quickly that we weren't going to solve every problem that there is. So we connected with food shelves and determined that they were already successful at what they were doing. Mm. And so we allowed them to continue doing what they were doing um, by supporting them. 
And so when we would bring them food, it allowed them to reach more people in need. And as we grew locally, uh, one thing that we focused on was that if we packaged food in the Twin Cities, we wanted the food to stay in the Twin Cities and impact the people that were there Mm. supporting Harvest Pack. And then when we go to Orange County, for example, where there's a huge problem with food insecurity, we made sure that the food stayed in their local community. And we allowed the people there that already had their feet on the ground to be the ones to decide how the food would be distributed at that point. Are you sourcing food locally as well? Yeah, that was going to be my question is like, where is the food sourced from? So yeah, we do have to rely on where the food is being produced. And um, our food, so for our local meal specifically, it comes from East Grand Forks. And our sugar comes from Renville, if you know where that is, about an hour east of the Twin Cities. They have sugar beet farms out there. So we get our sugar directly from the co-ops. And then our vitamins come from Monticello. Um, so all of it's local here. It's, there's, there's value in buying in bulk as well. So we bring the food with us when we go to Orange County, for example. Um, they don't produce oats in yeah. Orange yeah. County. <clears throat> so, I mean, it, that, that, that I would imagine that it's difficult to source locally all the time. And like you said, the scaling component, especially when you're – how many meals have you done now? 11 million. 11 million. 11 million. <clears throat> yeah, that's tough to do all in one spot. <laughs> what do you know? As the organization, obviously the executive director, you know, do you have a staff that then goes out with you, or is it mainly volunteer based? Or you know, tell us more about just the organization structure. Sure. So as we started, it was for the most part just me, and then my wife would come and. She would lead the events and I would be behind the scene doing all the logistics and all the shipping and coordinating with people and it worked out really well. But we quickly grew to be too big for that and we've now brought on event, uh, event leaders and full-time staff that go out to these events and build the relationships and, um, and continue to grow within each community. So it's wonderful because almost every time we do have an event – with with the partner, they want us to come back and do it again and again because there's a lot of value in there. And we really bring an education piece to it as well so that people do learn where the ingredients come from and the importance of the vitamins within it and how the people that are putting their hands on the meal are making a big impact and that we couldn't do it without them. And then we, we wrap that up with who will be receiving the meals and how it will benefit them because there is change that can happen here. And it, it does take the whole community for that to happen. Yeah, I bet. With, when, you, when you're talking about events, so tell us more about how that works and how people – so is it organizations that, are, that you're partnering with to create an event or you're going to events and having a – you know, just explain that whole process a little bit. So we haven't really spent any money on marketing. Yep. It's all word of mouth. So mm. when we'll go to you know, a business, then we will ask people and tell them the truth that there's – there's more asks than there are meals available. And so we hope to make connections there and, and see if there's anyone else that's interested in bringing this to their PTA or to their faith organization. And, and if we could connect with them and talk about what we're doing and why it's important, then, um, then, then that's an opportunity to feed more people. And, and that's how we've grown. It kind of seems like there's, a, there's kind of a, 
a cor- correlation between like you're kind of an add-on to a lot of things. Like you, you identify <clears throat> groups and people that are doing something already and then you're like, we can very specifically help you here and you kind of step in versus reinventing the wheel. You, you kind of identify where the needs are and step in and put a magnifying glass on the areas that you are accustomed to be able to do. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. We – um, we've we've found where there are problems in the world and locally, and we've found a good solution. Um, we're able to keep our costs really low because we do buy directly from the co-ops, and we buy in bulk so that we can keep everything as inexpensive and as affordable as possible. And um, 90% of every dollar that comes in, or 90 cents of every dollar comes in, goes directly to our mission. And that's because we are very fiscally conservative. How many uh, do you go to a lot of rotary, rotary groups, and uh, and do they, they partner with you on, on events? We have, um, we have, yes. We we haven't gone to enough yet. There's yeah. there's always more. <laughs> yeah, more there needs. Is. Um, but we've worked with multiple clubs here in the Twin Cities, um, up and down um, the West Coast, and we're always looking for more. So we'd love to to connect with more clubs and. Just be able to tell them what we're doing and see if our missions align. And if they do, we would love to pack meals together. Um, So you mentioned doing this on the West Coast as well. I do have a friend that is also in a rotary. So I will connect the two of you to see if you um, may have already represented there or not. So um, remind me to do that after the show. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You are very welcome. Yeah. He's over in the San Diego area. So, um, might be a nice little place for you to get. Yes. Maybe they'll schedule us to be there in January. February. I'll take anything after, uh, after November. <laughs> uh, with, uh, can people find reach out to you just through the website? Is that the best way? I'll post that on the, on the description for it as well, but is that the best way? It is the best way. Yeah. Harvestpack.org. And my email is William at harvestpack.org. So complicated. Right. Yeah. <laughs> keep it simple, right? And so, I'll post those in the description. So if you guys are listening, you can uh, see the links below. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like we're wrapping up here, but no, we're no, not no, wrapping we up here. We still have a couple we'll keep sections. Pushing no, I've actually, I've keep actually, tuning in. I've actually got a good question. Um, are there organizations that you've identified that you have not been able to reach yet or kind of break into that you would like to? No, I don't think so. We okay. really, you know, it's just word of mouth. So we've gotten into all the different types of clubs that we have, including Rotary. Um, we're really in as many different faith organizations that you can think of. Um, we work with a lot of schools, and that's wonderful. Um, we have an education piece there and a scholarship available to high school students. So if they bring in a meal packing event, we, um, we, we've really set it up to be very turnkey. Um, since we don't do a lot of marketing, though, it's, it's the the growth is is organic and it's slower from that regard, um, and it's just a matter of spreading the word more. But all different areas of of the country we've been able to get into quite successfully. If you go to a school or an organization, how many how much pack how, how many meals do you get packed in you know one event? 
Um, yeah, that's a good question. I'm sure it varies, but you know, kind of. It really does vary, and we base How it. How quick can the little kids' hands move? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Or, or faith organization, but yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. We we definitely slow it down for the younger kids, but we work with people from five to a hundred, and um, it really does depend on how many people are at the event to decide how many meals we will be packing, but anywhere from 20,000 to hundreds of thousands or millions of or millions of meals. We're ready. We're scalable and it's very easy. Cool. Just a follow-up question on that one is, do you know the event that you did the most packed in one event? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> our largest event so far to date was just over 800,000 meals. Whoa! And that was here in the Twin Cities. 800,000. <laughs> Yeah, it was for 17 kids for three days. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my um, my like last question, and then we'll lead into the next section. Is is it is it kind of similar, like in the respect of feed my starving children, where you've got kind of like this assembly line? Exactly. So okay. the founder of Feed My Starving Children is Richard Prophet. He was my yeah. mentor. Oh, 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 okay, so, making the connection. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. And. He, he so was an amazing person and was so inspiring to thousands of people across the country. And so, yes, it's a very similar assembly line and he's very structured on how the, this is the right way to do it and, and um, was, a, was an amazing person in my life. I got to spend over a year with him really focusing on how to do everything. And not I, have to reinvent the wheel. Right. Yeah. Like, right. I, right. I've got the lead in for our next section. So just stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned. Well, then take us out. All right. You're listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Chad Larson. And I'm Joe Kirk. Rotary is a place for all community-minded people who want to serve their areas with the support of an international organization. Join Rotary to find service. Join Rotary to find inclusion. Join Rotary to find leadership. Join Rotary to find fun. Join Rotary to find friendship. Join Rotary to find a better version of the world. Find a Rotary Club near you at rotary.org and click on Club Finder. There is a club out there for everyone. Find your fit with Rotary. Rotary.org. For decades, eradicating polio worldwide has been Rotary's cornerstone cause. We are incredibly close to ridding the globe of this virus, but we need everyone's help to get us to the goal. World Polio Day is October 24th. Please consider making a new donation to Polio Plus or increasing your already generous giving. Go to endpolio.org to be a part of this historical eradication of polio. You will help get vaccinations to the most remote parts of our world and help fulfill a promise we made to end polio now. Two drops, and it stops. Don't miss Leonard Skinner, Darius Rucker, Ario Speedwagon, and Tyler Hubbard at Lakefront Music Fest, July 14th and 15th at Lakefront Park in Prior Lake. Leonard Skinner headlines July 14th with Ario Speedwagon and Blackstone Cherry. Darius Rucker headlines July 15th with Tyler Hubbard of Florida Georgia Line and Joe Nichols. Tickets available at lakefrontmusicfest.com. That's lakefrontmusicfest.com. Produced by Prior Lake Rotary. 
Riverbend Nature Center is a free nonprofit natural habitat in Faribault, Minnesota, with 743 acres, the straight river, and 10 miles of trails. Despite no public funding, it offers educational programs to almost 10,000 youth and families annually. Riverbend seeks your feedback on its new strategic plan at rbnc.org backslash strategic dash planning by March 30th. Thank you for your time. Welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Chad Larson. And I'm Joe Kirk. And as a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms and... You got to search for Searching for Service on them, and you can get us on any of the podcasting platforms, like she said. And we love five-star reviews, likes, and shares. Like, like, like. You said it, Comment, man. comment, comment. Share, share, share. <laughs> Um, if you are tuning in for the first time, we have William McNally. He is the executive director with Harvest Pack. And um, we we led out of our last section talking about his mentor, who is also the founder of Feed My Starving Children. And so I promised you guys a lead in for this. <laughs> William, what is the profound difference between Feed My Starving Children and Harvest Pack? So there's... One main difference that that really stands out to me is that we provide local meals. Um, we both ship internationally, mm-hmm. um, so where we really found that there's a there's a need in is within this country, mm-hmm. and that's where we worked with the nutritionists and came up with our our fortified oatmeal, and it's been wonderful because when we go to local food shelves wherever we are. Especially when we go back the second time, we're hearing, thank you, we need more of this. This is what people want. It tastes good and it's nutritious. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's, that's great. I mean, we, we do have sugar in this meal because no matter how nutritious something is, if it doesn't taste good, people won't eat it. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I've actually heard too because I have packed on multiple occasions for Feed My Starving Children. Um, and I, I, I think – Undoubtedly, every single time somebody asks the question, like, does it actually taste good? And the volunteers are always like, yes, it does actually taste good. If you want to try it, you're more than welcome to. Um, I'm trying to remember if I did try it or not. But anywho, I digress. So. <laughs> good story. Good story. <laughs> and you found $5. <laughs> well, tell us, you know, we asked you what was the most you ever packed in the last segment. What's, you know, one of the the – the impacts or success stories that you've act, you've been able to see after after you know yeah. whether it's been eight hundred thousand or whether you've gone and seen it either locally or internationally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So several stories come to mind. Um, I guess the first one on top of mind is that I was down in um, Nashville area and we were leading an event. And after I did the presentation, right when everyone's starting to come up and pack meals. Two women came up to me and told me that they were from Haiti and they had received our meals mm-hmm. and they were so thankful, never thought they'd get to meet us. And it really like – again, like being back in Belize where this person was going straight to the, fore after, the store after receiving a few dollars, like that's, that's that direct impact. And yeah. mm-hmm. they said they were hungry. They needed food and – this was that lifeline that they received. So it's huge. Um, 
That's cool. There are other kids that come up to us at the schools and they said, can we bring it home? And we say yes. And there's just a different look in someone's eyes when they know they need food. And we work with backpack programs too. And some of the kids – well, I'll back up a little bit. So my kids went to school here in the Twin Cities and it's just regular middle school like all the others. And I was talking to our superintendent about doing a meal pack there too. And then she told me there were 15 families in their school that are unhoused. And I just look around at these kids and you can't tell who they are. They're not bragging about this, right? They're just trying to fit in and make sure nobody knows. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when I look at all these kids and think, gosh, we don't know, um, it's really impactful. And then we, again, fast forward to some of these meals going to these backpack programs. Some of the kids leave the food at school in their backpacks because they know that if they take it home, it'll be eaten by everyone else and they won't have enough again. Mm. And so they're, they're hiding it for themselves. And it just – that's here. It's everywhere. It's not like it's somewhere else or someone else's problem. Yeah. That's why it takes all of us. I want to know – I want to hear from you like the, the one moment that was so inspiring and rather emotional for you because there has to have been a moment – I want to hear about that. Yeah, and some of that does fall back on the statistics too because when I hear about the kids in my school and think it's, it's our neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, this, the statistics show that if students are going to school without that first meal in the morning, they tend to be the ones that are the most disruptive. They have the shortest attention spans mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. they have lower test scores because of that. So as soon as we change that – we get these meals into their bellies, those things change. They're less disruptive. They have longer attention spans and their test scores go up. So not only is that one student doing better, but the kids around that student are doing better and then our whole community is better off. So mm. everyone's winning as soon as we can put healthy food on every table. I love it. Joseph. Just amazing. How are you doing? I always, I always <laughs> love – like it's always that – when things hit you locally that it changes like it's one thing when you travel somewhere and you kind of you kind of expect it right like you right. you expect it and you go okay it's going to be different but then like you said like it could be our neighbor it could be there's 15 kids in your school that don't have homes that's that's right. just, it's just so humbling like and we just again are always constantly reminded how lucky lucky we do have it yeah how fortunate we are yeah of course um so I want I want to just get gain some understanding on like bridging between the people who you have hired on with Harvest Pack and then the people who kind of help facilitate with the packing and and stuff like the volunteers like bridge can you help bridge that gap for me like how people get involved <laughs> yes yep yeah um you know it really takes just one person we don't always know who it's going to be but. So many people say, yeah, this is good, and then they carry on with their day. But it takes that unique individual who's, who's seen it or has this little extra spark or passion to do more. And I think that's what's great about us being able to get into schools to inspire kids to see the difference that they're making. And it really can be anyone because one thing that I – that resonates in my head all the time is that – that trumpet player that inspired me 
has no idea that mm-hmm. he's inspired people to package over 11 million meals now. And so the people out there listening and the people we talk to don't know when they're going to be the inspiration to get someone else involved. And so I guess from that standpoint, just just smile at people, say thank you, do that little bit extra because we don't know who it's going to be. And I was just um, listening to uh, Deepak Chopra who was talking about people and someone was asking him about a book and it was – he was saying, you know, I think that the reason people talk is to share love and that's all it takes. If we can just do a little bit more to help one more person to be that inspiration, to just show that gratitude for the work that we're doing, it really can change someone's life and – that's, I guess, what also falls back to me on Rotary. Mm-hmm. We're always out there with the four-way test and, yeah. Yeah. and looking to see what we can all do to make a difference in our community. And even if it's the person honking as we're cleaning up the street together with our little yellow vests on and mm-hmm. just <laughs> waving, like we don't know how it's going to inspire that person. Yeah. So we don't know when it's going to be, but if we can just keep pushing forward, it's, hopefully it'll, it'll change enough people's minds. That's so wonderful. Yeah. Deepak Chopra, right? Is yeah. that deep? Yeah. How do you say it? Deepak Chopra. Chopra. Thank Chopra. you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say Chopin. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I assume as a nonprofit, obviously you can always use donations and and that's sort of, and then volunteers. Is it direct volunteers or really looking for the events or both? We do accept donations. Yes, we're a nonprofit, and that's wonderful. But we really want the meal packing events. Yeah, want the events. Huh? We do. It's. It's a it's an opportunity for us to connect with other people to maybe inspire the kid to do the lemonade stand that grows into um, becoming a Rotarian to to mm-hmm. then you know find other people that can raise tens of thousands of dollars and then we feed hundreds of thousands. It's just it's that thirty cents yeah. and it's 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 the small baby steps and the more communities we can get involved with, I think the more that the communities are then there to help one another. And that education piece really yeah. grows on it. That yeah. makes sense. Do you have um, like reoccurring events that happen, whether it's in a school or it's like with a, your rotary? <laughs> we we sure do. Okay. I mean, I could list multiple schools that do their events year after year. And the more we do them, the more we're able to expand because they know and trust us and we become that trusted advisor. Mm-hmm. And we bring in programs where we're – not only passing out tomato seeds, but we're on our website. We show how those students can then grow the tomatoes and harvest the seeds so that they can share them with their neighbors. And then we hope that they'll cook a meal with their family with those tomatoes, and then half of them get shared with the food shelf. So they're getting those fresh vegetables. So we want everyone to grow on what we're doing and inspire others and share the story. Very cool. Well, we, we're getting up close to a break, and, and in the final segment, we want to just talk about vision and future and, and where you see things going. Um, before we get there, what has been, you know, you talk about schools and children. Is there businesses involved, too, that you partner with? Is it governmental? Or, and we've got about 30 seconds. We don't work too much with government, but we do work a, a lot with businesses. And one business that we've worked with for, for it's one of our longest-running events, it's... 
He's a great local guy who started a, a wine business and wanted to bring people together. And he packages meals and then has a, um, a potluck. And everyone comes together at the end of the year as a time to give back. And the first year they just did 10,000 meals, but then it was 15 and then 20 and 25 and 30. And he's been doing it for 10 years now and bringing people he doesn't even know come to his space and package meals and share with the community. Love That's it. amazing. All right. As a reminder, you're listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Chad Larson. And I'm Joe Kirk. We'll see you in the last segment. Rotary is a place for all community-minded people who want to serve their areas with the support of an international organization. Join Rotary to find service. Join Rotary to find inclusion. Join Rotary to find leadership. Join Rotary to find fun. Join Rotary to find friendship. Join Rotary to find a better version of the world. Find a Rotary Club near you at rotary.org and click on Club Finder. There is a club out there for everyone. Find your fit with Rotary. Rotary.org. For decades, eradicating polio worldwide has been Rotary's cornerstone cause. We are incredibly close to ridding the globe of this virus, but we need everyone's help to get us to the goal. World Polio Day is October 24th. Please consider making a new donation to Polio Plus or increasing your already generous giving. Go to endpolio.org to be a part of this historical eradication of polio. You will help get vaccinations to the most remote parts of our world and help fulfill a promise we made to end polio now. Two drops, and it stops. Don't miss Leonard Skinner, Darius Rucker, Ario Speedwagon, and Tyler Hubbard at Lakefront Music Fest, July 14th and 15th at Lakefront Park in Prior Lake. Leonard Skinner headlines July 14th with Ario Speedwagon and Blackstone Cherry. Darius Rucker headlines July 15th with Tyler Hubbard of Florida Georgia Line and Joe Nichols. Tickets available at lakefrontmusicfest.com. That's lakefrontmusicfest.com. Produced by Prior Lake Rotary. Riverbend Nature Center is a free, nonprofit natural habitat in Faribault, Minnesota. With 743 acres, the straight river, and 10 miles of trails. Despite no public funding, it offers educational programs to almost 10,000 youth and families annually. Riverbend seeks your feedback on its new strategic plan at rbnc.org backslash strategic dash planning by March 30th. Thank you for your time. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Searching for a Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. I'm Chad Larson. And I'm Joe Kirk. If you are tuning in for the first time, I certainly hope you haven't been. I hope you've been listening to this whole thing. But we have William McNally. He is the executive director with Harvest Pack. And we have unpacked a lot in these last couple of sections. But I know. (laughs) But as many of our listeners know, we always like to end our um, show with talking about what the nonprofit or what respective like program is, what how they envision the future for the program or the nonprofit. And so, William, I'm going to I'm going to hand it over to you and just share with us maybe a couple tidbits on what that looks like for Harvest Pack, some of the things that you hope to have happen. Yeah, thank you. I envision a world where Harvest Pack is no more, no longer needed. That's really mm-hmm. what I want. If we can do enough good to get to that point, I think that's that's success. So um, 
I guess my vision for our community is to see everyone take part in doing more good. You know, volunteer. Um, that that can be helping unhoused or building schools or to help put healthy food on every table. It's There's more than one way to do this, and I'm very excited to see people being engaged and being involved. So that's that's the, the big picture. Um, yeah, if, if people are interested in partnering with Harvest Pack, that's, that would be a huge success for us. We would absolutely love that. Um, they can reach out to us and, and be that advocate in the community so that we can partner and package more meals and keep them within the local communities so that we can build strong, vibrant communities. And over over this next couple of years, you know, are, are there big, not necessarily changes, but are things as you try and, and grow and, and um, have bigger impact at, at Harvest Pack that you guys are looking to do or, or looking to, other than, you know, as we've talked uh, so far? Um, we, we are expanding. We've hired four new people just in the last six wow. months. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going really well after, I mean, with COVID just ending, the whole you know, expectation there was people were trying to not come together. Yeah. And mm-hmm. with Harvest Pack, all we try to do is bring people together and build community. So that's that's been a change. And as soon as people felt comfortable with getting together again, all these people that were working remotely were ready to at least connect and, yeah. and do more together. And, and we're a really good fit for that. So so that's been going strongly. Um, our Our team is wonderful. We have so many people that are engaged in communities throughout the country that want to to serve and give back so um we're we're marching forward doing doing a lot of good work one of my favorite things about your organization is it's not a standalone organization it requires other involvement and commitment to succeed so it's it's like this supercharger versus like the actual need, like it's not the singular need. It's you find where, like, and again, we kind of mentioned this before. Like, I think that's one of my favorite things about the organization is, is you amplify other ones that are already doing great work and helping them pinpoint, you know, specifically like locally with a breakfast. And then, you know, you were able to provide an oatmeal that is fortified and tastes good. Right. You know, it sounds like that that's been a challenge for a lot of organizations. So, that I think that that is the marker that I've like in listening to you today and just going, you know, you're you're kind of on, standing on the shoulders of other great organizations and other people, and mm-hmm. so there's so many people that kind of lead into your success, and you're so great about thanking them and honoring them. So and I think bringing it, them together, yeah, I think yeah. That, so you're kind of like the glue. <laughs> yeah, um, something that I was just thinking on that I wanted to ask about is. Have you thought through like the number of rotaries that you would like to connect with and um, have them be involved in the number of businesses as well? Yeah, I haven't put a number on the amount of rotaries you'd like to connect with, but I really think that there's a good fit within as many as possible. We do connect with different rotary clubs, and as soon as they can hear our story and see what we're all about and that we are about building bridges or being the glue, as you said, that that, that we do fit a really good piece there. And mm-hmm. I think to tie into that too, we, we really do provide an education piece that's mm-hmm. just as much as the packing the, the food and sharing it with everyone. Um, we also do what's called a hunger banquet. And when we bring that into schools, 
it's great because it allows them to get their heads out of the textbooks and into the, the, the hall or the cafeteria, wherever we're doing the presentation. And we talk about how you know a portion of the world has more than they need. And then there's a portion of the world that has enough to get by, that middle class as we call it. But then there's also a portion that is struggling and living paycheck to paycheck and never quite has enough. And um, when we split the, those three groups up and then we hand out food to each of those three groups proportionally, like the first group that has more than enough and the one that – I guess starting with the one that doesn't have enough, we'll give them like a carrot and a grape and a cracker and a piece of cheese and a half a glass of water. But then they don't get to eat it yet until we get to the next group, carrots and three grapes and two crackers and two pieces of cheese and a full glass of water. And then you get to the group that has abundance where they have four carrots and five grapes and, you know, the five pieces of cheese and five carrots and the Chips Ahoy cookie and the juice box and <laughs> yeah. the full glass of water and they can't eat it all. And, uh, we throw it away. And then and it's then, wasted. And that's exactly it too because we bring a plastic bag that's clear and we dump all the food in that doesn't get eaten and there's pounds and pounds of food. Yikes. Even as we're talking about that there's a problem. And before we throw it away, we say, does anyone want to share? And some of it gets shared. But there are kids that might walk out hungry wow. and there's lots of food that gets thrown away. And we bring a scale and we weigh it and we talk about it. And they get it then. It's not yeah. just being read or a picture on a TV that's from somewhere far away. And it just – you can see the light bulb going off in their head and – and it makes a difference and they want to do more. And then we talk about how we can fundraise and what if we could package food together. And like mm -hmm. they're saying yes and then we walk into the next room and we start packaging food and they're there and they're making the difference themselves. And it's great because kids are the ones in our society where the parents are providing for them and then mm -hmm. the teachers are providing for them and then the coaches are providing for them. Yep. And so when the kids get to give back, they get it and they want to do more. And that's why – Hmm. This education piece is so valuable. Well, and something uh, something that seems to be too is the difference between education and wisdom too, information and wisdom. You know, that that whole exercise of kind of teaching them the difference. Like, yeah, you can read it in a book and know the information, but until you see it and go, "Well, wait a second, I didn't have enough." Right. And all of a sudden you kind of put that together or your story of the trumpet player, like that's wisdom that you can you can't unlearn that. <laughs> like yeah. so, it's 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 kind of fantastic that that's been you know a consistent thread through your guys's program as well is that you're teaching wisdom and bringing wisdom to all of these other people so that that awareness comes on a different level than just knowing that there's hunger. You you're helping them understand what it means to be hungry. Right. Yeah. I, as somebody who values the component of education that like see like that seeing the visual of like how much money is or how much food is actually wasted versus the amount that could actually be evenly dispersed right it's just so incredible um william what what do you see your involvement for the future with harvest pack I just want to feed more people. I it's it's simple. I think our our mission is really simple too. It's it's not about us versus them or the haves versus the have-nots. It's just healthy food on every table. And that's what I want to see wherever we go because I know with my kids and their previous middle school that 
it's not just in certain areas. It's everywhere. So as soon as we can continue to spread that education and give people the opportunity to give back and make people aware that it, it's, it's a systemic problem and it is changeable, right, because mm-hmm. there is enough food in the world. We just need to have it distributed more evenly. Then, then that's the success. And so that's what I hope to just continue to make people aware of. Well, here's a fault to that. What is the highest and best use of your time? Mm, great question. Um, yeah, I do. I like that question. <laughs> I think that – I mean I want to get out and spread the word and just keep letting people know that the problem's solvable. That's, that's – I guess if we can get out to um, connect with more clubs, I would love that. I'd, I'd be so honored if I could present at more clubs throughout the, the country so that more and more people can hear this podcast and, and do whatever it takes. If it's – even if it's not packing food, if it's – finding clean water for people or helping with unhoused, whatever someone's passion is, if we can get out and do more volunteering, then I think there's success. So, Well, and that's the power of Rotary too because you can can maybe enter doing a shelter box project um, or I'm sorry – Harvest, harvest pack. pack. <laughs> See, I always screw up something. The harvest pack project. Doing so well, Joe. Yeah, I know. Just doing so well. You can get in by doing that, but then maybe that's the catalyst to something else that you that inspires, do. Yeah. Yeah, inspires you. Yeah, inspires you. Well, yeah. this was amazing. What a great interview. It's been amazing to hear how you were inspired to start There's Harvest Pack. There's always a pack. story. There's, There's always, always a great story. story. Yeah. And it, we hit on mentorship. We hit on all kinds of different things and uh, – more so than anything, and how to be involved in it. Yes. So. We'll be sure to drop all of your information into the show notes, as Chad had mentioned, too. So we want to thank you again, yeah, thank you for William, for coming on and talking to our listeners about Harvest Pack. And we thank you. Yeah, thank you for coming on and thank you for the work you do. So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to Searching for Service. As a reminder, it's time to stop searching and start serving. Thanks for listening. 